brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Good evening. Welcome to WSBI, your resource for success podcast program, where you get to meet inspiring women-owned businesses from across the country. And now for your host, Kimberly McElmore. All right. Well, hello and welcome to another night of sharing. With us, we have Pastor Melanie Turner Kirkland, founder of MK Ministries, which is Melanie Kirkland Ministries, and speaker and author. Well, welcome, Pastor Mel. Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be on the call with you. Well, I'm excited too. We've been planning this now for a while. <laughs> yes, we have. Like last year. <laughs> so, so it's great to have you on board. And I'm so looking forward to hearing more about your story. And because I've done my little research on you, so I'm real excited to talk to you today. All right. <laughs> <laughs> But before we get started, could you just please tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Well, like you said, my name is Pastor Melanie Turner Kirkland, affectionately known as Pastor Mel. I am the founder of MK Ministries, which is a para ministry, and it was designed to inspire and encourage men and women of God for faith-filled, victorious, and abundant living. Primarily, it is a ministry that does focus more on women, as I feel like God has just given me a message for women. And as I'm sharing, I'm, I find myself being pulled towards ministering to and encouraging women through principles in the word of God. So it's just a ministry. We, I have a prayer call every Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, we have empowerment sessions. I have an annual conference. And so I've been doing that for five years now. And out of that, God has grown me and he has called me to birth and start a church, my own church. I was the assistant pastor at a church that I was at for 17 years. And God called myself and my husband out and he is now preparing us to launch our own church in addition to MK ministry. So that will just be an ex a greater expansion of what I've been doing, ministering the word of God. Mm -hmm. Um, it will be an expansion. And so we'll have services on Sunday and in everything else that God gives us to equip and edify men and women of God for faith-filled, victorious, and abundant living through the principles and the word of God. All right. Well, amen. Well, before we go any further into questions about your uh, ministry, I want you to tell the listeners a little bit about where you're originally from. And then let's, then we'll dive into the story of how you actually got in started and what inspired you to move into this ministry of yours? 
All right. I am from Boston, Mass. Um, I didn't tell you, which I probably should have shared with you, that I am married. I've been with, married to my husband for 21 years. We have three daughters, 26. She will actually be 27 next week, mm-hmm. 25 and an 11-year-old. We have a three-year-old granddaughter. Um, so in addition to doing ministry, one of my greatest joys is being a wife to my husband and a mother to my children. Again, I'm from Boston, Massachusetts. I am from the inner city here in Boston. If you're not familiar with Boston before being a pastor, Mm -hmm. I was an atheist. I was not saved. So I was out here in these inner city streets, cutting up and acting a fool until (laughs) God got a hold of me. I like to tell everyone I... I am, this is my little saying, I love it. I tell everyone I'm an around the way girl standing at the bus stop, sucking on a lollipop, uh-huh. bamboo earrings, at least two pair, Fendi bad, Fendi bag. And God took my bad attitude and he changed that and turned it around. But I'm just a, I'm just a regular woman. And like I said, I like to liken myself to being an around the way girl. I'm a normal woman. I'm down to earth. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm transparent. I'm genuine. I'm real. What you see right. is what you get with me. All right. Well, I think that was the thing that I found really interesting about your story when I was doing a little little bit of research was that you called yourself a self-proclaimed atheist. And, you know, when I hear the word atheist, I think a lot of us always think about the fact that you just didn't believe in God, period. So I guess kind of give us some guidance or or a better understanding of how you really do clarify what an atheist is to you. Because I I heard what you were saying, but I think, like I said, a lot of people usually can misconstrue it in a different way. So explain to me a little bit more about how you got into that pattern and then talk to me a little bit about what truly, what was the encounter that really made you understand that God was real? So for me, I didn't believe in God. I didn't believe in the devil. I didn't believe in heaven. I didn't believe in hell. I just didn't believe in any of that. I didn't believe in higher powers. Mm-hmm. I just didn't believe in any of that. Okay. Um, I don't come from a family where I was born and raised in the church. I probably went to church maybe two or three times growing up on Easter, but God wasn't something we talked about in my household. Mm-hmm. Um, church wasn't something we talked about. Faith wasn't something we talked about. So I wasn't born and raised in a household full of faith where we went to church and we talked about God and we acknowledged God. We didn't talk about the end. We just didn't talk about those things. We didn't talk about heaven. Mm -hmm. We didn't talk about hell. I didn't have a real crazy experience where something for some people, they had this really traumatic event that happened in their life that led them to Christ. I didn't have one of those encounters. Mm -hmm. I was, like I said before, I gave my life to Christ. I was running the streets, partying every night, fighting mm-hmm. in jail almost every other weekend for assault and battery because I had a wow. bad attitude. And if you looked at me wrong, it was on and popping and we were going <laughs> to wow. be fighting. And mm-hmm. so I said to my mother, I don't know how I didn't kill you because I have grown kids now. And when they don't come home, they drive me crazy. Right. So I don't know how she made it with me. But so I didn't have any major encounter. My husband was born and raised in the church. His family is, you know, he was born and raised in a house where they acknowledged God. They talked about God. They went to church regularly. But when I met him, he wasn't doing that. So we were just out here partying and doing our thing. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, it was weird. Like, I just started saying, I just wanted more in life. And I just said, I think I'm just gonna start going to church. So one day I went to my husband's family's church with Mm -hmm. him. 
And I said, well, babe, I think, you know, I'll go to church, go to your mother's church with you this weekend. And so we went to church and I put this pants suit on. And he said to me, you can't wear that to my mother's church because they were a very strict church. Like no, oh, wow. no makeup, no red lips, no pants. Women had to wear skirts. And I said to him, dude, I think God is just going to be happy. I'm coming. I don't even think right. he cares that I got a pants suit on. So if them folk in there got a problem that I got a pants suit on, then listen, I don't know. So I went to church and mm-hmm. nothing significant happened that day. And so just in the back of my mind, I was thinking to myself, you know, I think I want to start going to church. I think I'm, you know, I don't know what it was. I just, I think, you know, the Holy Spirit started drawing me Mm -hmm. and calling me and I didn't know that's what it was. My older sister had given her life to God probably about a year prior and she was going to church regularly Mm -hmm. and I knew she was going, but I wasn't attending with her. Now I didn't know anything about the Bible. My daughter was in Catholic school just because it had a good education, not because of religious Mm -hmm. reasons. Mm -hmm. So when I started going to church, I didn't know anything. I didn't know anything about Adam and Eve. I didn't know anything. My daughter was in elementary school teaching me the very basics of the Bible because I was asking her questions. So I would go out drinking. I would come home about three or four in the morning and I would call my sister and say, Hey, give me a scripture to read, you know? And so I would say to her, so I said, I think I'm going to start coming to church with you. So I said, are you going to church Sunday? And she was like, yeah, I'm going. And so she said, God is calling you. And I said, God ain't calling me. She said, girl, it's four o'clock in the morning and you're calling me for scripture after the club Mm -hmm. drunk. And you don't think God is calling you. And right. so for a while, I said, to her, I said, well, he ain't calling me because it's the summertime and my birthday's in the summer. <laughs> and, you know, I'm turning all the way up. Now, back then, we didn't use the word turn up. I don't right. know what word we used. But I was like, he ain't calling me because, listen, it's on. Like, I'm going to be drinking and da 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 And so there was another couple that my husband and I hung out with. And we were really close and we were all sitting at dinner. And that was weird because the everybody at that table, it was four, it was two couples, so it was four of us. Everyone at the table was born and raised in the church and straight away from it. I was the only one that didn't have a church background. Mm-hmm. And so we're sitting at dinner and I said to them, hey, I think, I think I'm going to start going to church. And everybody was like, oh my goodness, I was thinking the same thing. And so we were all thinking like, okay, this party drinking, fighting thing, like it's, it's lame. I guess we should grow up one of these days and, you know, do something. So everybody started thinking it. And so Mm -hmm. I was going to church. Now I wasn't, I didn't give my life right to Christ. I was going to church with a hangover on Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. Still, I, I'm sure I smelled not only that, but I would have like, so my husband at the time he was my boyfriend, but he would, he worked. Oh, I probably shouldn't say this. Okay. I would have like, I was known for having carrying a bunch of nips okay. in my bag. I was going to church with nips in my pocketbook. One time I went for offering one of my nips rolled out. You know, so I was going to church with a hangover and I was just looking for something. And I remember there was this woman up there was a black woman and she would sing what we call praise and worship in the church. Mm -hmm. You know, we sing these praise and worship songs to God and Mm -hmm. just sing to him how much we love him. And this was, you know, she was an African-American woman, but she would get up there and talk about how good God was. And she would be glowing Mm -hmm. like she looked orange to me. It was like I saw this orange light radiating from her. And I said, you know what? I don't believe in God, but I want to get to know a God that got this black woman up here beaming and orange and glowing like that. And so I just kept coming because she just talked about how good he was and how much she loved him. And when she sang about his goodness, it was just something in that that was like, I never knew him, but Mm -hmm. if he's real, I want to get to know him. 
And so I kept going for a year. I didn't make any commitments because I kept telling my sister, no, no, no. I'm still drinking. I'm still partying. I'm about to graduate with my master's. That's a major party occasion, major drinking event. Can't do it now. And so I just kept going. And then one day I just I said to my sister and I I tugged her on her arm and I said, are you serious about this thing? And she said, yeah, why? I said, because I think I'm ready. I think I'm ready to go up and give my life to God. And I'm the type of person that when I do something, I go hard. So if I'm going to be saved and give my life to Christ, then I'm going hard. If I'm going to be out here in these streets drinking, then I'm going hard. Mm -hmm. And so when I said to her, I'm giving my life to Christ, that meant all of that. I was done with it. I was Mm -hmm. walking away. And so I said to her, I need to know if you're serious about this thing, because I'm going to need you to walk through this thing with me. And it was funny because every Sunday at the church, they would open the doors of the church for salvation. And that Sunday they didn't. The Sunday I'm ready, they didn't open it. I said to her, hey, go tell your pastor or whoever you need to tell. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not walking out of here today without giving my life to Christ. Y'all didn't open the doors and I want to give my life to Christ today. And so she told them and I went up and they led me through what we call the sinner's prayer where I confessed mm-hmm. my sins and accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as my savior. And from there, like I said, because of the type of person I am, I needed to know everything and right. I knew absolutely nothing. So I threw myself in. I wanted to know, like, again, I wanted to know mm-hmm. this God that this woman sang about and beamed about and glowed when she sang about him. And I wanted to know everything about him. And so what I did is when my husband and I joined, because mm-hmm. we both gave our lives to Christ, they had paired us with another couple in the church. And so I probably wore that couple out because you know, you know how people tell you, call me if you need anything. Right, and you was calling them every second oh, you could. <laughs> I, not only was I calling them, I was at their house. We okay. was at their house every week until like four and five in the morning. Wow. Talking about God. And so what I said to them, I said, when you get a person like me who comes from the street, mm-hmm. who clubs every single night, like I work during the day, but I clubbed hard every night. And in the weekends, I was probably getting arrested and getting bailed out for some kind of barroom fight or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I said that when you get somebody like me that comes from the streets, I need to throw myself in this. Because if not, if I'm not in this church and if I'm not here in your face, there's too much calling me in these streets. Right. There's too much calling me. There's the liquor stores calling, the clubs calling, my old friends are calling. Mm-hmm. There's too much out here for me to do. So I need to get busy in here. I need to throw myself in here. I mean... I can't sing. I joined the choir. I did everything until I was strong enough, you know, not to have to be in the church every single time the doors were open. Cause like I said, I was out there. Mm -hmm. And so if I'm not here, it's come, it could be real easy for me to slide back out here. And so for the first couple of years, like I said, I I probably joined every ministry. Mm -hmm. I sang, can't sing a lick, (laughs) you know, I wore that couple out calling them they invited me over they didn't know I wasn't leaving till four in the morning because I had so many questions Questions, I told you I didn't know anything I would read the bible I didn't know if it was a country or a person's name I was lost but and And so that's what started it for me (laughs) it's amazing because I'm sitting here you know listening to you tell your story and as we know in most black families usually the church is the main thing that most you know, kids grow up with this. It's like, you know, the, well, you got to be there for every, every Sunday, every, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, all through the week. So it's uh, very interesting to hear your story. And I don't think, and I'm sure there's a many other 
you know, uh, black Americans who are out here who have had that same experience, who, who aren't in the church, you know, we're not, didn't grow up in the church on a regular basis. They went, but didn't really understand why they were going. It wasn't a yes. topic of conversation and people don't talk about that. And that's one of the biggest problems and issues that we have is within our own black communities is that communication is such a lack of it. You know, there's always that when well, we're not going to talk about this, we're going to keep this to ourselves. We don't go out here and share your information with anybody else. So I, I, I'm loving your story because I'm sure that after this interview that there's going to be many more people who can say, that's me, you know, that she's talking awesome. about. <laughs> you know, and because it, it's important, you know, that, you know, everybody is not raised in, in the realm of just sitting in the church. And then a lot of times when people are constantly in the church, they're not really learning. They're not really understanding why they're there. So sometimes not, you know, being physically there is not, not always for the right reasons. And so it's yes, always, a so lot it's, of them, like, my mm-hmm. husband, they just had to go because your parents just told you like, there, you exactly. don't, it's not a conversation. You don't get to ask me. I don't care if you got homework. I don't care if you're tired. Sleep on the back of the pew right. if you have to. And that's how he was born and raised. Right. And, and, and learn nothing out of it. And then and, and amazing how. Didn't have no relationship with God. God. As soon and, as he was able to, to leave, he was out here in these streets acting a plum fool. Mm-hmm. That's how I met him out here acting a plum fool. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, but the, the beauty of it though, is that you guys figured it out. You understood that your life was not going to get any better until you gave yourself to the person that created you, you know, and, yes. that, and that's the key. We all, we all run around here and think that, you know, sometimes everything we're doing, we're doing it because we did it. No, you're doing it because we were given that right by God to be who we are. But, but we always take ourselves off the path that he's already set for us. You know, yes. And, and I, I thank God that mm-hmm. while I was out there, mm-hmm. he was watching over me. Cause like I said, I was out there. I was, I was in the area where they were shooting. I was in the midst of gunfire and just so much ignorant, foolish stuff. I was around. Mm-hmm. He kept me because he knew that even while you're out here a fool and you don't acknowledge me, I have a plan for you. He said, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you, yes. you have been marked. My hand is on you. And he knew the day and the time that I would come to him and I would give my life to him. And I just thank him when I look back over all the stuff he kept me in that could have and probably should have taken me out. But because he had a plan for me, mm-hmm. it didn't. That's right. It wasn't your time. He, like I say, he had much, much more for you. And, and here you are today telling your story and living your dreams the way that you, you could have probably done 10, 15 years earlier. But like you said, it wasn't time. You weren't ready for that. But once you realized and understood that something had to change, everything has changed for you now. So talk oh. to me, talk to <laughs> me about your books because you have two amazing books. And I really want to hear about the first book the uh, that you co-authored on, um, The Delay. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. But not deny, because that one, is, I'm sure, is a lot about your story and there's, and there's many other individuals who co-opted so, this as well. That particular book. So I knew that God had called me to write 
and I knew I was supposed to write a book. But for many different reasons, and one of them being fear, I didn't do it. And so I went to this um, a woman's boot camp. This It's a woman named Tony Coleman Brown out of New York. She has a, um, a network for women in business. And when I went to the boot camp, there was an op- opportunity to partner with them and write a book. And the name of the book was entitled Delayed But Not Denied. So they were looking for different authors to share a chapter in their life about an area where they were delayed but not denied. And so I was sitting there and I was like, mm, okay, this isn't for me. Mm-hmm. And it was like Holy Spirit was like, uh, hello. You know, you have a story to tell and you need to do this to get your feet wet. So I knew, like I said, I knew there were books in me. So I said, okay, well, I can do a chapter and I can partner with them and I can learn this process so that I can then get on to writing my book. Now, it's funny because the story I wrote about is not a. it's about. So I told you I have a 26 year old going on 27, Mm -hmm. a 25 year old and an 11 year old. You see that? Right. Like, uh, who does that? (laughs) Well, my husband and I, while we were married, we were trying to conceive and I could not conceive. Okay. Due to complications from being on birth control pills, Mm -hmm. I no longer was receiving a menstruation. So I was unable to conceive a child and we were believing God for a child and everyone, you know, I was getting, you know, I go to church and, you know, People were coming to me with a word, ministers in the church, prophets in the church. God's going to do it. God's going to give you a baby Mm -hmm. and all of this. And so I was going to the fertility clinic. I told my doctor what I wanted. I went to the fertility clinic. I went through the process. That didn't work. It was an emotional roller coaster. We went through that for like five years trying to conceive. And we could not conceive. But I kept hearing these these promises and these words from God that God is going to do it. And so I said to my sister, the one I was telling you about earlier, who was saved before me, I said to her, I'm getting off this emotional roller coaster. I can't do it. It's just way too much. I'm done. I'm done with the facility clinic. I'm not taking the medicine anymore. God's just going to have to do it. And so I said, "Okay, God, I'm giving this to you. And about a year and a half after that, I'm still getting the words. People are still coming to me. It's like the whole church knows we want to conceive. Everybody's coming to me. And I said, God, Mm -hmm. I wish you shut them up. If another person comes to me and tells me that you're going to do it and there ain't no baby in my womb, I'm going to scream. Like, I know they want to encourage me, but it's real. It's like for real, God, like it's really just aggravating me. I don't want to hear about a baby until there's one in my belly. And so we stopped that for a while. And then God started dealing with me. And he started speaking to me and then I was pregnant. So, I mean, so my chapter in delayed, but not denied is entitled from barren to blessed. That book is available on Amazon. If you want to read that story, it's in there. And there are tons of other awesome stories, total, just totally different stories from different individuals that will inspire you on just different things in their life where they were delayed, Mm -hmm. but they were not denied because so many times we think a delay is a denial and we get discouraged and we quit and we're ready to give up on God and give up on the dream and give up on whatever it was because it didn't happen in our time. And one of the things you said earlier was like you said, I could have probably been living this life 10 to 15 years ago, but it wasn't time. We have to understand the timing of God. And because we don't understand the timing of God and because he doesn't move in our time, you know, because we want God to come yesterday. Right. I don't know about y'all, but sometimes mm-hmm. I'll be like, God, like, I don't need you to come now. I needed you to come like yesterday. <laughs> exactly. But until we really understand the timing of God, we won't understand that a delay is not always a denial. Exactly. And so there's so many encouraging stories in that book. When I read everyone's stories, I was so blessed. So I did that book. 
And then, like I said, that was to get me started. And it was like once that started, Mm -hmm. the floodgates was open. So then I released my second book entitled Balanced Believer, How to Live a Balanced Life and Win in Every Area. Now, that book was written because I talked to so many different women. Like I said, my ministry, I find myself talking to women in leadership in one Mm -hmm. capacity or another, whether it's in the business arena or it's in the church. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things or even just single moms or wives who are volunteers in the church and going back to school and working full time and, you know, trying to raise the kids. And the question I always hear is, how do you balance it all? Right. And so I started writing the book thinking, okay, I'm going to write this book to answer this question. How do you balance it all? And so then I started writing the book to answer that question. But then, so it answers that, but then it also talks about balancing our relationship with God and our church work or our our ministry service, because so many times we get out of balance. Like I said, back in the day when my husband grew up, his mother's idea of you got to be in the church every single time I'm at church. So I don't care if you're sleeping on this back pew and you got homework to do and you're doing homework on your knees on the pew, you're going to be in church. Mm -hmm. That's not my model today. I don't believe in it because I think that's out of balance, you know, and so many times we we believe that our church service is somehow our relationship with God. And so a lot of people are out of balance Mm -hmm. because they're in church every night of the week, every time the doors are open, singing in the choir, on the usher board, Mm -hmm. ministering, Mm -hmm. you know, or or at a meeting or an auxiliary meeting or doing whatever, but you're doing all of that and you still got to feed your family. You still got to keep your house clean and be there for your husband. And guess what? Now you're worn out and you ain't got no time to lay before God in prayer in his presence. So we doing all of this stuff in the church, but our main ministry is unto him in prayer and worship. And now because we're doing all that, we so tired Mm -hmm. that we can't spend proper time with God in his presence. That's out of balance. And so there's a story in the Bible about Mary and Martha. There's two sisters. And Mm -hmm. one of the sisters was busy doing church work and the other one sat at Jesus's feet. And I always get them confused. But the sister that was busy running around doing the work Mm -hmm. said, Jesus, don't you care? Like she's just laying there at your feet while I'm running around doing all of this preparing for your visit. And Jesus said, there's one thing that matters and she has chosen it sitting at my feet. And so we get so caught up running that we don't have time to sit at his feet. Mm -hmm. And so the question is, how do you balance between the two? Are you a Mary or a Martha? Balance, there's a chapter, balancing between the two. Because God is not calling us to be Mary and he's not calling us to be Martha all the time. Because there's a time to sit and a time to serve. So what you do when you're sitting time is you get instruction for your time to serve. So you got to know when it's time to sit. And you got to know when it's time to get up and serve, but you got to learn to balance the two. So we learn to balance our relationship with God. We learn to set and enforce boundaries because sometimes as women, we don't we set these boundaries, but we don't enforce them. We don't know how to say no. So I am I try to teach women and empower women Mm -hmm. to learn to say no. You're not a bad guy. If you say no, you can't say yes to everybody. You can't be at every event. Sometimes you have to say no. So it makes no sense to set a boundary if you're not going to enforce them. So setting and enforcing boundaries. And then we just got to learn the art of prioritizing, putting first things first. So those are a couple of chapters in the book. So we deal with how do we balance it all? Mm -hmm. And we did because it's balanced believer. So if the book is addressed to believers, believe, you know, women of God, women who believe God, women of faith. So it's balanced believers. So we touch on balancing our relationship with God 
and I service in the church and then not even that, but I, I minister to women who are, who are entrepreneurs and they run businesses and they're still working a nine to five and they have family. Mm-hmm. And so even with all of that, it's like, oh my gosh, how do you find time to spend with God? How do you find time to spend with your family? So there's a chapter in there, turning your ho- how to turn your house into a home. Thank you, Luther Vandross. You know, because what happens is, you know, we so busy, right, you know, right. running and running and serving and building our business and building our dream, but we're building it on the back of our family. So we got a house, but we don't got a home, home. because yeah. we don't have the time to have that intimate time to be present and to be a part of our children's life and to have date night with our husband and mm-hmm. to still do your hair and put your heels on and look cute and go out with your husband and date your husband when you're not all tired and worn out from doing everything you do when do you have time for your husband when do you have time for your girlfriends because I love girlfriend time I have girlfriends Mm -hmm. and I still need to hang out with my girlfriend it's just something about connecting with my sister girls and you know catching up with them and talking to them and then (laughs) me time Right. You know, because we throw ourselves on the altar of sacrifice all the time. We never have time for us. That's right. That's right. So we're doing all of this Mm -hmm. for the people we love. But if we don't take time for ourselves, we're going to burn out or break down and we're not going to be any good for the people we love. So it's important that we learn to balance it all. Right. And you can't walk that walk and talk that talk if you're not doing it this yourself. And that's the key. You know, you you cannot. It's like, you know, like I always used to say. I can remember saying, hearing, oh, well, you need to go to school and do this. You need to do this and do that. Okay, well, how are you going to tell me what to do if you have not already done it? You know, you have yes. to, like you said, you have to have that balance. And then you also have to be able to walk that walk. You know, know that I'm doing exactly what I'm t- sharing with you because it's important, you know, and that's the key. And so, like I said, the things that you are providing every day to women or just, you know, even if it's a male or whoever wants, who wants to just listen and realize that you are a vessel. You know, you are one of God's children that are they're trying to bring this information to everybody. And I think it's important. And because the thing I love about you the most is that you're so raw and you're so real. And Thank that's, you. <laughs> that's what connects with me, you know, because a lot of times, you know, and, you know, I've, I've definitely have interviewed a few other uh, pastors and so forth. And I have nothing against pastors. But if you're not real, I don't have time for it. You know, I don't want to be preached at. Yeah. Preach to it's understanding that we can connect and communicate in a way that we're we're both on the same playing field because we're all there. It's just a matter of how to how to get there, you know. Mm-hmm. And it take and like you said, it takes time and, and to, for people to understand who they are and what they're trying to uh, convey to themselves and what God is trying to show them. But once you let go and let God guide you, you're, you're going to be perfectly fine. And you've learned that, and your value and that information that you are providing is valuable to people. And I, and I think it's amazing. And I just love your story. I'm just sitting here like, wow, this, Thank is, you. this is a great story. <laughs> you know, and it's great to share. And like we were talking a little bit before we started an interview that it's always important for people to understand that we're real. You know, it's not about just having a business and it's just understanding that, you know, we've had lives before we even got to this point and we're still living, we're still growing and this is who we are. And so, you know, at least when they hear these stories, you, there's always somebody that's going to be able to connect with you. So it's amazing. And I you know, definitely appreciate your time coming on tonight. But I have one more question for you before. Actually, okay. a couple more. I'd want you to, you know, if you had another, like I say, you work with women all the time. So what advice would you give them if they're starting a business? What I would advice I would give women is to just be patient. Be patient with yourself. Be patient in your process and with your journey. 
and not to despise small beginnings because I think it's tough especially today in the social media crazed world where everything is on Facebook and Instagram. I haven't got to Snapchat yet. I I told you I'm a little technically challenged, so I'm still, I'm just navigating Facebook and Instagram. Mm -hmm. But when you're looking at somebody else who does what you do and you see them and they have, you know, they have the platform, they have the followers, they have the graphics, maybe your graphics aren't as great or, Mm -hmm. you know, don't compare yourself. You know, I heard someone say this before. Don't compare your chapter one to somebody's chapter 42. Amen. You know, so you're just starting your business and you're looking at that sister who got skin in the game. You know, or you're Mm -hmm. looking at that brother. They've been doing this for five to seven years. They done fell down and failed a couple of times and got back up. They done cried. They done snotted. They done prayed. You know, they done gave all their money and invested everything to get where they are today. And you're just now starting and you're looking at where they are. So don't despise your journey. Definitely don't compare yourself. Don't compare your chapter one to somebody's chapter 42 and do not despise small beginnings. You may begin small, but you can't stay small. Not if you're a child of God and you serve a big God and a big God lives on the inside of you. You may start small, but you cannot stay small. So to just be encouraged in the journey and the process and failing is not failure. You know, so don't if you you're going to make some mistakes. I am making some mistakes and I'm like, oh, you know, one of the things with me is God has blessed me and I've always been pretty good at what I do. But now he has me out here doing something I've never done before, living on a whole nother level, Mm -hmm. which requires, you know, new next level living requires next level practices and next level faith. You can't live on the next level with the last levels faith and practices. And one of the things he's sharing with me is every new level you begin, you begin at the bottom. You know, you, the reason you got to that level is because you mastered and completed your prior level. So when you start the next level, you got to like relearn, retrain, stretch your faith. And so I I was on a, I was living at a whole nother level and doing things I've never done. And I was making some mistakes and some public ones. And I'm like, God, did you just let me do that and say that in front of them and mess <laughs> right. up? You know, and I was right. like, oh, my gosh. And what he said to me is you haven't failed before because you wasn't doing nothing different before. You mm. was doing what you know how to do. But you got to come out of your comfort zone. And exactly. one of the things that he's been saying to me is beyond our comfort zone is greatness. So don't be afraid to come out of your comfort zone. And when you come out of your comfort zone, you may fall. You may skin your knee. You may make some mistakes. But don't stay down. Get back up. Learn what you need to learn from that falling or that feeling. Apply it and go again. Amen. All right. On that note, could you tell the listeners how they can get a hold of you? Yes, I would love if you're on Facebook for you to connect with me on Facebook. My page is MK Ministries Boston. You can also go ahead and follow me on my website, which is www.mkministries.info. I have a couple of great blogs up. There's information on there where you can stay connected with me. My Facebook ministry page, I put up a daily devotion and a prayer Monday through Friday. You'll find flyers on where you connect can connect with me. And what I have going on. And I would absolutely love 
to connect with you, to pour into you, to speak life to you, to encourage you. So if I said something that blessed you, I would love for you to follow me on Facebook or connect with me on my website. It has my email address. My books are up there. There's another book I wrote. I didn't get to share with you about it, but it's entitled Overcoming Fear and Living Fearlessly. It's a 21-day woman's devotional, and the premise is to starve your fears and feed your faith. Mm -hmm. So again, I would love to connect with you and to share with you and to pour into you. So again, I'm on Facebook at MK Ministries Boston or my website is www.mkministries.info. My phone number, my email, all my contact information is on either of those. All right. Well, it has been an awesome evening and I appreciate your time. And this has been a a, a great interview. I I could sit here and probably still talk to you for another 15, 20, 30, 40 minutes. I love doing this. I could talk all night. <laughs> but you know, but you know, like I said, you know, you're you're real and you're raw, and I love that about you. And you know, again, I thank you for coming on my show tonight and sharing your story. And I definitely will be connecting with you through Facebook on some of your other programs and so forth. So, I, you know, I, like I said, I think it's you're just uh, fantastic. And um, thank hope you. That, <laughs> hope that everybody enjoys this interview. But like I said, for everyone else, enjoy the rest of your evening. Check us out now. We are on iHeartRadio every Thursday evening at 7 p.m. But until next time, have a good one. Good night. Good night, everyone. We will be back next Thursday evening at 7 p.m. Follow us on Spreaker, www.spreaker.com slash user slash WSBI. View our new WSBI website anytime at www.wsbillc.com and on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, LinkedIn, and Instagram. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.